There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, dear listeners. This episode is sponsored by Spoken, which is a very convenient way to learn English with messaging apps that you probably already have on your phone. Uh, apps like Line or WeChat or WhatsApp or Viber or Facebook Messenger. You can have your English lessons through your messaging app. It's like having an English coach in your pocket. And essentially, you're having private lessons with trained native speaking instructors. They send you tasks, you respond to them and send them back. And uh, one of the cool things about this is that you're not fixed to a specific lesson time. Now, if you have one-to-one lessons with a teacher, you're fixed to that particular time. You agree on the time for the lesson and that's, and that's it. You're fixed to that time. But with Spoken, you can do the tasks whenever you want because it's all done through messages, including lots of voice messages, by the way. So you're not just typing, you're also speaking when you're working with Spoken. So you get a task from your instructor and it's up to you when you do it and when you respond so there are no fixed lesson times you can just fit your practice into your life whenever it's convenient for you and remember sign up with spoken to get a free 60 minute one-to-one private lesson with a trained native speaking instructor and that includes a free assessment of your current english skills and there are no strings attached you can take the free 60 minutes And then it's up to you whether you sign up for a course or not afterwards. There are no strings attached, which is great. It's a great offer. uh, Also, uh, listeners to this podcast receive 20% off the first month of their plan, regardless of which which plan they sign up for. So uh, 20% off anything for the first month. To qualify for all of this and for more information, just use my URL, which is getspoken.com slash LEP or click a spoken logo on my website. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello again, folks, and welcome back to another episode featuring the pod pals, Amber and Paul. In this episode, we discuss comedy in different countries, including what makes comedy funny, what can make comedy culturally inappropriate, whether British people have a different view of comedy to other cultures, and whether understanding comedy is just about understanding the language or if there's more to it than that. This is clearly the topic which I'm a bit obsessed with at the moment, how comedy or humour can reveal our cultural differences in the most striking ways. Perhaps comedy is the key to truly understanding our cultural values somehow. I often talk about how learners of English often don't find British comedy funny and that this is a pity for me. One of the worst things I can hear is someone dismissing British humour Uh, or comedy as simply not funny, right? You've heard me say it on the podcast before. I don't really mind if people say our food or weather is bad, but don't touch the comedy, basically. But honestly, when I see comedy from other countries, 
like when the shoe is on the other foot and I'm watching comedy from other countries like TV comedy in France where I live, I have to admit that I often don't find it funny. And I do find myself saying things like, oh, this is French comedy, meaning French comedy simply isn't funny or only works on one level. So is is that true or am I being hypocritical? I don't really know. Anyway, these questions are at the heart of the discussion in this episode, which also involves the three of us listening to and discussing a video, a video that I've been sent many times by listeners of this podcast. Listeners have sent this video to me more than any other video. I wonder if you know what that video could be. You'll find out in this episode as we listen to it and discuss it. Unfortunately, Paul had to leave halfway through this episode because he had a live radio interview scheduled. He's a busy man who's in demand all over the place. But after he leaves, Amber and I continue the discussion, which goes on to discuss my recent episodes about British comedy and we revisit the subject of Alan Partridge. So without any further ado, let's get back to my co-working space and jump into the conversation once more. So here we go. Amber and Paul are on the podcast. Amber and Paul are on the podcast. Amber and Paul are on the podcast. Amber and Paul are on another podcast. Paul's a very funny boy. His laugh I very much enjoy. Amber's got a lovely voice. If I could choose an accent, hers will be my choice. Yeah. Now then, what I wanted to do was actually play something to the two of you. That's why I've asked you both to to wear your headphones so you can hear what I'm playing on my computer. So I'm going to play you... uh, a, a video which people send to me all the time. Okay. Okay. And I've been saving this one up because I wanted to talk to, I wanted to have someone else to talk to about this. Right. Because right. people keep sending this to me going, you know, uh, hey, I thought you might enjoy this or what do you think of this? Okay. And so uh, this is the thing I've been sent m- right. more than anything else. I get sent things uh, like videos and memes and stuff quite a lot by my audience. Sometimes it's often this, it's like the same thing, like the 11 video. Do you know that one? The two Scottish guys in the lift. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's a, a good video. Wait, a, is it the voice activated? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The voice activated <laughs> lift and it's two Scottish guys and they're like, 11! And the, 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 the lift goes, I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Yeah. 11! And you know, they, the lift doesn't understand the Scottish accent. It's but very There's, there's loads of videos, real videos, like with Alexa and Google and all the rest of it, yeah. people, Scottish people. Talking. Right. So that yeah. one's been sent to me. And also I've been sent what British people say versus what they mean a lot okay. of the time, which yeah. is that Anglo-EU translation guide. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did an episode about it and it was called What British People Say Versus What They Mean. And guess what? It did much better than my other episodes of recently because of the title, the clickbaity yeah. title. Yeah. Uh, but this, this thing that we're going to listen to is the one that people send me more than any other. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. We're just going to listen to it and I want you to tell me what you think is going on and just generally what you think of it okay okay so i'll play you a few minutes i suppose and and then i'll ask you i'll pause it and ask you what you think here we go hello ladies and gentlemen this is wmgc from detroit and i'm your host mr john McAllister jr and tonight in my show we have a special guest from uh, london uh, great britain his name is mark schofield so mark hello uh, hello, hello, yes, yes, hello. Yes. Okay, uh, Mark, uh, um, do you like my show? Yes, yes, of course, yes. Uh, it's an it's a, it's a, it's a absolutely fantastic show, yes. <laughs> All right, pausing it there. Okay. First, yeah. impre- first impressions? Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> um, vo- it's a voice work. Like they're all, they've got some great accent effects going on there. I think uh-huh. it's either one guy yeah. or uh, multiple guys who are either from somewhere like Amsterdam 
or Northern Europe, and mm. they're making fun of English people. Okay, it's, there's, there's two guys, actually. Okay. There's there's a, there guys. is a third guy on the stage who we haven't heard yet. Okay. But yeah, there's some accent fun, yeah. and they're not, they're not English. No, no. Uh, and they're not very good at imitating English people. Really? So or, or no. Isn't it's, the first one went to be American? No. My show. Uh. Yeah, but then when, as soon as the, he's like, I've got a special guest from London, and the guy's like, ah, 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 ah. Yeah, he's meant to be English, <laughs> yeah. but the guy presenting, is he oh, yeah, he's meant supposed to be American? The guy, yeah. pro- the guy who kind of speaks like this like is this, from uh, America. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the radio show. Yeah, yeah this guy's okay. uh, meant to be American. And they are, yeah. Yeah, yes, uh, yes, 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 yes. That's... An English guy, yeah, apparently. Ob- let's, hear, let's hear a bit more. Okay, Mark, so tell me, please. Um, uh, you're a musical producer, that's right. right? So uh, tell me, please, about what are you producing right now? Actually, I don't understand what you're saying. Okay, I'll repeat. Uh, you are a musical producer, Yes. Yes, yes, yes. What are you producing right now? Okay, okay, I think I think I understand you. Okay, okay. Uh, yes, uh, you know, I'm from London. I, I talk great Britain. I say, uh, so, uh, I say, no, I'm What? What is so bad? <laughs> Oh, I can see how it's funny, though, for... But I'd I, I, I be interesting to find out where this comes from. <laughs> But it definitely comes. I mean, I'm because I, I get it all the time. Where because sometimes I cut my T's off when I say, instead of saying butter, I'll say butter, yeah. and then so people make fun of like the uh, 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 like the the glottal stop nature. But mm-hmm. it's just it's just such a terrible imitation. Mm-hmm. And because I because I appreciate good imitations, like I yeah. <laughs> I just find it so terrible. There's a difference between a good impression and a bad impression in you. This in your but the people are dying of laughter, so I know yeah. that they can't tell the difference. Yes. but it's not. They're not trying to be good. They're trying to capture. An essence or something that's English and that kind of stutteriness. I mean, yeah. I like it. I this like the kind of like showman American and this kind of stuttering English. I think it's a nice. I think it's a nice combo. They're not trying to sound English. They're trying to sort of find something awkward and I can't quite speak and I can't kind of get it out and I don't really know like what you're talking yeah. about. Kind but of people love this, right? And that's why they send it to me. They're like, "This is, <laughs> you know, we'd love to know what you think of this." So people love this, and that's why they send it to me. And so people are genuinely finding this hilarious. I don't know what they're doing on on camera because we're just listening to the audio. Like the jokes been made now do you know what I mean like he's yeah. sort of like no 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 and he's stuttery and it's like they What's have next? to do something there's else because otherwise okay. it's sort of very boring yeah um, but th- apparently this is what they think we sound like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, can, uh, I can I can I can hear that you can hear that okay yeah, but we're just that's that's us is it it's an exact of course it's it's just, it's just like when when I'm like want the Germans yeah you know no one <laughs> No one sounds like that. It's just the the exaggerated version. Uh-huh. Hello, folks. I'm just pausing the podcast here for a second because I'm sitting here editing this now, okay? I recorded this, like, what, last week? And I'm sitting here in the Skypod editing this now. And I just needed to point something out because it just made me laugh. I've just been sitting here laughing on my own. So you heard the impression, which is, uh, you know, the, that kind of thing. And then Paul... Sound when Paul starts speaking, he sounds exactly like the guy in the TV show. So maybe it's true. Maybe we really do sound like that. Anyway, I'll, I'm just going to play that back to you again because it made me laugh, and maybe you'll enjoy it as well. And then we'll just carry on. Can, uh, I can, I can hear that. You can hear that, okay? Yeah, but I we're just like, I, I, I just, I, 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 I,
It's an exact. Of course, it's just, it's just like when when I'm like onto the Germans. Yes. You know, no one. <laughs> No one sounds like that. It's just the, the exaggerated version. Uh-huh. Okay. So mm. you've still got no idea where this comes from? No. Northern. They must be Northern European. You're thinking I Northern reckon, European. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's listen to a little bit more It'd about... It'd be funny if it was actually English people. <laughs> so the guy's a musical producer. Yeah. Okay. Got that. You are a musical producer. That's right. That's what the guy said. So... Mm. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I'm from... I'm so I guess it, it must genuinely be like this for these people when they hear English people speaking, especially yeah. like sort of a person with a London accent. Yeah, totally. And they've mm. just it's just a noise to uh-huh. them, isn't it? Right? Absolutely, I understand about what I say, yes? Yes? Mark, I don't understand any word you're saying, you know? Uh, it's, it looks like you're chewing lemon or something. You know, it's, uh, uh, looks like you are chewing a lemon or something. I've heard that about a billion times. Of yeah. like, oh, you speak like you've got a potato in your mouth. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Yeah, all the time. Lots oh, of gosh. stuff that uh, English people swallow their words. They speak like they've got a potato in their mouth. It's I like, get that. You, people always say, oh, no, swallowing words are mumbling. And it's just like, no, you, you, just, you don't just, speak, you, under, just, you don't understand English. Like, like, I, they yeah. sound perfectly, yeah. you know, clear. Understandable. I can it's, understand every single syllable of what they say, but to you it just, just sounds like... I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. It sounds what? garbled because you don't understand yeah. what they're saying. Yeah. It's not something inherent to... The language, like no, you know, it's the same thing. Like when we make fun, like people yeah. who, who make fun of Spanish people, who make fun of you well, know, you, you do a Spanish. But voice. I do, I do the Spanish voice. Like I make fun of them because I understand what they're saying. But it, to, it's still like it's still fun to do the voice to be like, hombre, lo que pasa es que estamos aquí en la playa, hombre, comiendo la paella, tortilla, la sangría. Like it's, I, it's good. I'm actually saying, I, I don't know. It's just like I, I, what bothers me is. And but I, I completely understand why it's funny, yeah. and I yeah. get and, I, and it does like we can sound like that yeah. uh, to people who don't speak the language. Absolutely. But being a linguist, like it annoys me when people make like gross generalizations of like language imitations like that. Even there was a guy who came through Paris. I can't remember what his name was, but he was a comedian mm-hmm. uh, from Singapore, I think. And he would just go on and do oh, like yeah, these different Orion or something like that. He would he, like his stand-up set was just literally like, oh, and this is what German people sound like, unt, unt, unt. and and he would do he would say a sentence and then. He like and this is what Spanish people sound and then this is what French people and this is what and there was no like story or content it was just like hey look I can imitate other accents like Because you've got to have like the jokes, the yeah. material in there too. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I, it's just because I appreciate. I'm sure I, I would show that to anyone French, and they would be on the floor. Yeah. 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 And all the comments are like, "Oh, this is brilliant. This yeah. is hilarious." <laughs> um, I'm going to try and find that the, when the third guy comes in. What is your business? Okay. Okay. okay I think. I think. All right, all right, all right. You know, okay. So, so the guy's a musical producer, and yeah. he's, he's with his artist who he's producing, uh, okay. and they okay. were about to meet this artist who he's producing okay. now. Okay. Project. All right. Yes. Uh, this. Uh, his uh, musical project, his name, his name is Sravanath uh, Pratap Singh Kotrapal. Okay. Spanish. Yes, uh, he's a famous musician from uh, India, Calcutta. So not India, Calcutta. India, Calcutta, not, okay. not Spain. Okay, so from uh, Calcutta. So guess what we're going to get now? Oh, the stereotypical Indian accent. We're going to have the Indian accent. Right. Calcutta, yes. Okay, so uh, I'll interview uh, him. Uh, all right. Uh, hello. Uh, how are you? Uh, what is your name? The audience are lapping it up. Of course they are. But, uh, okay, mm, uh, how do you feel about the whole idea of do- copying the Indian accent then? 
Well, it's complicated because it's about who you can laugh at. And, you know, the whole punching up, punching down. It's not like saying it's easy. I mean, you can laugh at English people and say they're silly. And we feel comfortable because we are English. Why not? We can laugh at ourselves. If you kind of mock Indian accents, it kind of can feel a bit cheap, especially if it's done badly. In in England, I think uh, it's, it's a very bad idea to copy an Indian accent, unless you, you do it well, unless you do it really well, really or, well, uh, or, or you're Indian. But I even I can't really imagine a white comedian doing an Indian accent, even if he does it really well. I think he's just that wouldn't really happen. I haven't. Well, I can't I remember. Depends. I think it could. I think, it I think it could do it in England. A white comedian could do it, but it depends what they were saying and why they were doing it. Like yeah. what that and and because it's such a sensitive area i feel like this sketch is quite innocent really because all they're doing is just the the point is like we find these people's accents difficult to understand that's the point which is true i mean we went to india me and my husband in the other you know in in uh recently and he he was having the hardest time because i felt that everyone was speaking great english like much better than french people (laughs) yeah and he was like what are they saying what are they saying and i was like come on their English is so good. Everyone's English is great. Yeah. And he just couldn't get... Un- he, you know... French people always say the Indians are impossible to understand because a lot of them do business with them over the yeah. telephone and it's very difficult for them apparently. Yeah. So I find this fairly innocent in the mm-hmm. sense that it's just like, you know, well, let's just copy the accents because it's funny because we don't understand them. Well, it's like that... You, there's a, I don't know, there's a bunch of YouTube videos which is like, here's what every language sounds like when you don't speak the language yeah. and it's I can't remember if it's one guy or whatever who goes through yeah. different just he's not even talking he's just and it's not overly stereotypical it's actually pretty good like it's the the noises he's making he's capturing the exact sound yeah exactly yeah, without knowing where any they're, of the they're, words. they're like wildly exaggerated yeah but it, I mean I can understand why it's funny does it make a difference then if this guy doing the Indian accent does it make a difference if he's Indian or not uh, I think it, for of this type does, of sketch yeah. like for this type of sketch like is it, it's it's I mean, if it if it's an Indian, you'd be like, oh, he's just doing his voice, like without exact. Yeah. Like, I feel like this would be unacceptable if the guy doing the Indian voice was a white guy, maybe even with his skin color changed to to make him look Indian. <laughs> that would be totally unacceptable, right? Yeah. Notched it up a level of unacceptability. Yeah, but I mean, if the guy <laughs> wait a minute, if the guy's doing, he's being an Indian character and he's doing this Indian voice. How are they going to do it without making him look like an Indian? I mean, that sort of thing is totally... Well, I mean, that's the Ali G. Well, if Ali, you say but, I'm black, maybe he will see black. Yeah. I mean, he didn't, but he Ali, didn't put any makeup on. That was on. the point with Ali G, with, that we didn't know what his ethnicity was. That's the whole point. He, he acts like he's a, a black guy. He's got a name that suggests he's Pakistani. And yet he kind of looks like a white guy. Mm. And it he turns out is. he is. He's a white a Jewish guy from the suburbs. But no one, when he said, you know, is it because I'm black? No one ever said, well, you're not. Yeah, because no, they, they, because they, the, they the, believed it. It's yeah. like if you, if you believe it, they see it. Whenever Ali G got into trouble and someone, you know, for example, tried to remove him from a situation, he would say, is it because I is black? And the, no one would was ever able to, to respond to that because they're totally disarmed by even the possibility that there could be a racial situation yeah, going yeah, yeah. on, even though he didn't even look black at all. And yeah. he obviously wasn't. <laughs> but the, the, the power of the taboo of uh, being racist is so strong that it just meant that people were unable to 
even do the basic social thing of, of saying, yeah. well, no, you're not black, are you? Even even calling it into question. <laughs> I, 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 like, I've got to the stage now. I don't, I don't know whether it's with age or I'm just fed up of all of this like controversy for nothing yeah. that comes out. Like, I think we all just need to just chill out a bit. Yeah. And like... It, if, if that so that's I've presumed that that's a white person doing it no it's it doesn't not. bother me at it's all it's not actually it's an Indian is guy is it okay yeah but um where uh, are they from can we know and can you, you still think in northern Europe well it's I Russia was, it's Russia okay it's Russia it's a Russian TV show I can't remember exactly what it's called uh, I think it's just called Russian Comedy Club okay and um yeah so basically that's and, and it's a very famous sketch show you can see the video now there they are sitting there let's listen to a bit more your name is Rubble Day Rumbledees. You don't think he's Indian? No. No, no. Where is he from? Then? I don't know. But he's, he's not from he's India. just like a Russian guy with a, with dark skin. Yeah, he's just some. He, uh, yeah, he's just. He, I don't think he's. He doesn't. I don't think he has stereotypical. Whatever. I must say, I'm now that I'm seeing it, I'm even more disappointed because. Why? Um, because the joke was thin anyway. It was mm-hmm. just like, they sound funny. There's no costume. There's no staging. There's no movement. They're just sitting down on chairs. Mm. All it yeah. is is like an impression, but there's nothing. Because if they were doing funny things physically as well, maybe we could go with it. Yeah. But it really is very flat. They've not got any... There's no joke. It is just like, these accents sound funny. Yeah. that's the, See, when I first watched this, which was some time ago... Mm. I have to I, 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 Yeah, you've got to go. Stop sending yeah, this to, to Luke. I, I, was, I was, first of all, disappointed because I thought it's just... It's just you know, I thought, oh, it's not very funny. It's They haven't really made the, the stuff very sophisticated. And then I thought, oh, God, am I, I'm just doing that thing that I always worry about, which is like when uh, my students watch uh, some comedy that I think is great, and they're like, oh, it's not funny. It's just, you know, they don't get it. So I'm doing exactly the same thing from another Yeah, angle. but it's not you don't get it. It's you do get it. Yeah. Like, because you, the, the difference is, is that we're not Russian, so we don't understand what their background, like, growing up is and yeah. how they relate to those different accents. Mm-hmm. Paul there just said uh, that we're not Russian and listening back I just wish I just wish that uh, at the time I'd said this when he said well we don't understand it because we're not Russian I should have said well uh, you're certainly Russian to the radio interview Paul Uh, I wish I'd said that uh, but I didn't Uh, okay good like they've got a very different relationship to English people than we do like I I, for me it like it's difficult to judge because it's Russian. If it was, if that came from England, it's, it's, it's all based on context, right? And how people, how different people react to different, uh, and what their relationships to different nationalities are. Yeah. You know, like our relationship to Italians and Spanish people are completely different mm. to what Russians would be, completely different to what Americans mm-hmm. might be. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm making fun of, fun of French people in, in America, it doesn't go over as well, or it doesn't, because they don't have the context yeah. of the, the, you know, they, they just think of French people, Ratatouille, uh, Amélie, not even Amélie, they, they don't even know what Amélie is, yes. but they, they just see French and they go, oh, you know, level one, mm-hmm. this is what French, but if I'm making fun of France because I live here and it's kind of like a level two or three deep joke, yeah. Yeah. they're unable to, to get it, so I, uh, I don't know, it's interesting. On balance then. But I have to run, I, I'm so okay. sorry, Paul's got because I'm going to be late, it's live radio, so I have to be on time, because otherwise they're going to kill me. Okay, radio. Uh, well, thanks for coming on Thanks, Lepsters, I love you guys. Uh, and thanks so much for having me on the podcast and uh, and it's really quick what I'm saying anyway alright busy bye 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 Paul turning bye, off Paul's Paul. microphone Run. Paul's doing oh, labbies cheers mate yes you said 28 I did say 28 29 you can't make
I'm not sure. Uh, I'll, I'll get back in. I, Addy sent me a message today, so oh, I'll, I'll reply to her. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cheers, mate. Bye bye. Bag. Don't forget your bag. Cheers. Bye bye. Okay, so on balance then, what's the what's the judgment on this video then? I mean, it, Paul is right in terms of we do appreciate things on different levels. And it's true that like uh, Nico showed me films which are like cult classics here in France. And I kind of like, mm, I only like them a little bit. So yeah, there's an, a level of like cultural appreciation. But here there isn't anything, it's not sophisticated. I think essentially this is a very unsophisticated comedy, but it's also in front of a massive studio, like it's big, big audience. It is grand public, you know, as they say, it's kind of meant to please everyone. Yeah. And that kind of comedy often is like bottom of the barrel. Because we have that kind of comedy in England as and well. And it's shit, a lot of it. Not all of it, but a lot of it is sort of, you know, pretty basic stuff and we as i think people are really interested in comedy we do mm. comedy we perform it we write it we watch a lot of it we talk a lot about it we think about it you know we would we kind of find this quite unsophisticated so it's quite unsophisticated comedy on every level like it's not saying anything the staging is very very poor and it's appealing to perhaps a very very big public is it possible that we're thinking about it a bit too much no because if things are funny they're funny you know like i and like if they if they if they you know some things are funny for everyone mm. and then it's like french people they do like falling over comedy a bit more like physical comedy that's why yeah. they love mr bean and yeah. he's less popular in britain for example yes. whereas blackadder very wordy very yes. popular in britain that's true listeners mr bean not popular in the uk we sort of no. like people uh like to think that they're very sophisticated in their tastes with comedy and when you say oh Mr Bean they're like oh no it's not really my sort of thing actually you know because they because it's so unsophisticated and sort of uh, you know broad in its appeal and people have said I, I prefer Blackadder which is the other show that uh, Rowan Atkinson famously was in great show really good show but then since moving to France and studying physical theatre yeah. and clown and stuff like this I watch Mr Bean with new eyes I mean he's a genius yeah. he's an actual genius like sometimes i can watch a sketch and i just marvel at it they're so good they're yeah. so tight they're so clever he's really i think fantastic yeah but it's taken me a really long time to see that right you have to so, kind of like fall out of love with it and then rediscover it again you've got to see thing. it in a new way so are we being unfair to this surely because we can't be fair to it we're not russian and we don't know any of the context and none of these people are of our favorites like maybe these are big stars in I th- russia i think so i think they're well-known guys yeah and you know so it's like if we had like three really famous people who normally do other things sitting up doing stuff like that in england we might all be falling about crying <laughs> crying i mean because there's nothing funnier than a russian accent we love a russian accent imagine like three people trying to be russian spies and you know killing english people um we would find that hilarious. careful careful I, i'm not gonna get into that i'm mm. not i'm not gonna go I mean, there okay um i'm risking my life um y- but do you know what I mean? Like, we can't be fair. So, yes, you know, yes. we might, Russian people might watch something of us doing something very similar and just think, God, that's terrible. Yeah, it's all about perspective, isn't it? It's a p- perspective and context is everything. Um, uh, Where, yeah. what, what really, is there comedy which really loads of people find hilarious? Absolutely everyone. Yeah. I think it's the kind of stuff that you see on an aeroplane. You know, the kind of, I tell you the thing that absolutely everyone could enjoy yeah. is watching videos of people falling off chairs, people playing tricks on each other. That sort of thing is the sort of generic stuff that 
uh, will appeal to the widest audience is basically home videos of cats falling over. And that is funny. That's that's but the then, thing. Like, some people love it so much. I mean, look at the Japanese, and they've got so many of those weird, like terrifying, weird. Um, well, you say that not, may- not maybe so many, but like the ones we do see filtering through, they seem sort of shocking. I found it very interesting that before I went to Japan, I saw that the, the stuff that I saw on British TV was usually on some Friday or Saturday night entertainment show with like Clive James or something or Chris Tarrant or something yeah. like that. And uh, they'd always show, hey, here's a clip from a wacky Japanese game show. Yeah. And it would always be some game show that would be full of like really cruel things happening. Yes. Like uh, poor guy is like having to uh, uh, swim through freezing cold water or getting electrocuted or yep. getting getting beaten by uh, by uh, you know canes or things like that you know that was the, the stuff that I saw in England and I expected that all Japanese TV would be people getting smashed over the head and, and things like that and I'd watch Japanese TV and it's just not like that not at all that. do you think it's just confirmation bias we imagine that yes. that's all they love so that's all we look for absolutely there is an element in British culture that we think that Japanese TV is full of people People suffering and in pain but but actually some of it is some of it well, is this is the famous but that paul yeah. was talking about yeah. because they do have that but yeah that's not it and it sort of it weaves into the wider notion of their nation and their identity mm, yeah. and where it comes from is obviously more complex than we could uh, imagine humor is so complicated because obviously even in you know if you look at things that we found funny maybe 20 or 30 years ago in the UK, they're not funny now. Mm. Just that, that they pitched so weirdly, you know, whether it's a little bit racist or a little bit sexist or it just, you know, it just doesn't work. And it, when we were talking about this, I think the other day, but like, what are we doing now that we'll look back on and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, I can't believe we could say things like that. I don't um, know. And we are definitely doing it. Yeah, times change and, uh, you know, standards and expectations change and things like that. And uh, I was watching a Jasper Carrot DVD the other day. Remember Jasper Carrot? I do remember Jasper Carrot. Jasper Carrot lived just up the road from me when I was growing up. Yeah. uh, In uh, in Knoll, in Solihull, in the West Midlands. That's right. In England. And Jasper Carrot, ladies and gents, is a uh, is a uh, an English comedian who started out in the seventies, yeah. And he's you know a household name who's on TV all the time. And I watched one of his DVDs, and uh, there was some pretty off colour material in there. <laughs> one of the jokes was about how he was in the lift at the BBC, and the lift doors opened, and a bunch of African guys got in, yeah. And they were like African guys from like. Um, the Serengeti in their African uh, clothing. Yeah. And he got in and he was making jokes about how he was stuck in the lift with a bunch of African guys and the audience were all laughing and it was like, bloody hell. That's not, that's, yeah, it's just that's, like... That's borderline. I know. But then, I mean, I just read this book, The L-Shaped Room by Lynn Reed Banks and great book, really interesting. And the story is she becomes pregnant. It's 1960s London and she becomes pregnant and she's not married. And, you know, she's this young actress. And because of this happening, her father throws her out of home and she has to go and live in Fulham in a cheap flat. And within this flat, there is a, a Jew and... um there is a Jew and there is a um, black person from mm-hmm. Africa and, uh, and, and there's a gay person, I think, something like this. And she, the main, the writer and the protagonist are quite left-wing and sort of open-minded. But these things are all, the way she talks about them are so dated, yeah. you know, and 
even herself, her situation, like she knows she's going to lose her job the minute they find out she's pregnant. And times have changed so radically. Yeah. You know, because... So that was just an accepted part of the storyline. It was just how people thought. So she wasn't trying to sort of... If anything, she was saying, look how open-minded I am, my flatmate, you know, and this guy that I'm falling in love with is Jewish. Oh my gosh, imagine! Yeah. And, um, well, that makes me think about uh, a lot of French comedy films that I see. And it seems that a lot of the time the jokes are basically someone pointing out that someone has a different ethnicity. And yeah. the, the hilarious thing is like, hey, look, these people are Jewish and they behave in a Jewish way. Look at these people are black and they, they, they do black things. These people are North African and they do their North African type things. And these people are sort of Catholic and they do their Catholic things. And it's just simply pointing them out is a hilarious thing in France. Exactly. And I realized it's because I think it's because on, on, on an official level, on the state level, um, the um, like the state, if it does a, a survey like a census every ten years, they they it's illegal to uh, record someone's ethnicity and record their religion. That's true. Um, so because it's um, illegal to to uh, compartmentalize people by religion and, and ethnicity, uh, because that's illegal, somehow that makes it a lot more risky and funny when you do it in in a comedy context to just sort of. Uh, to show, hey, these people are all different. Look, he's being black. And mm. that's uh, like there's a, a sort of <laughs> like a little um, cheeky laugh that you can get, an exciting laugh that you can get from it. Whereas in England, uh, that's all very open. Uh, everyone's, you know, we're very used to ticking boxes to describe our ethnicity in like, you know, white European or black British or black Caribbean British or whatever it is. Uh, and so just having it pointed out in a comedy show is not really enough. And it just seems so simple and basic. So like, facile. They're black. <laughs> exactly. Very I've, facile I've, and very sort of just there's nothing there. I've seen that in, in social situations all the time. I've, uh, whenever there's like a black person there, there's just people making jokes, which are basically the joke is, hey, look, he's black. <laughs> mm. And then they all have a laugh about it, including the, the black person. I'm like, what? What, in France? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, there is something very curious. Oh, the other day I was at the Pan Am and um, Sarah was doing a set. It was a French comic. He was white. And he said something about like, oh, I can't remember what joke he said. He's, and he was like, oh, no, but oh, if I was going to tell an anti-Semitic joke, I would say, um, you know, um, there's free, like, there's free ham to, like, the Jewish people or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, then, and they'd be conflicted because they, they want something free because, you know, the stereotype uh-huh. is Jewish people are very, like, tight-fisted, you know, mm-hmm. all about the money. But, of course, they can't eat ham. So, But I was like, you're using that as an example of, like, what I wouldn't say, but you have just said it. <laughs> so do you see why that's not good? Like, if you know, it, there's nothing clever with that joke. If you're trying to undermine something... Because he, he was trying to say something more sophisticated. And then he was like, but an unsophisticated one is this. But he got a laugh. Yeah. And it's like, but then that doesn't work. Do you see why you are part of that problem? Because you've just told that He's joke, which is not funny. Um, having his cake and eating it too. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's brilliant. But I, I really don't want to be too judgmental about things like the Russian Comedy Club. Yeah. Um, I, I really don't want to be judgmental about that because I don't want to fall into the same trap that I fe- always feel so bad about when people watch English comedy. What you know? have you sent that people have been... What have, something that you just think is hilarious and everyone else is like, no? Uh, well, I don't know if everyone else is like, no. I don't know, but I, when, what I have done in the past, examples of that, of, usually in the classroom situation, and I've put something on because yeah. I've gone, I, in my heart, I'm like, I love this. You know, I love this so much. 
and I have to share it because it's great. And I have struggled so hard to try and find, to, to contrive and convolute English lessons out of yeah. videos that I love so much. And um, I don't know if examples might be um, Monty Python's The Funniest Joke in the World sketch. Very difficult Monty Python yeah. to translate. But the thing is about that joke, that sketch, which is basically... Um, a man in England, uh, a joke writer, uh, ends up writing the joke, which is the funny. It's so funny that you can't read it or hear it without uh, uh, without dying. Yeah. So anyone who reads or hears the joke will die. And there's like <laughs> lots of hilarious deaths. Like all the guys in Monty Python are doing these ridiculous deaths of like falling over and their legs falling in the air and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But also, just they they take the idea and really push it to the absolute extreme, which is basically when the army find out about the joke they decide to weaponize it and you see them attempting to use it in the battlefield and it's a huge success and there are all these soldiers and they they create a german version of the joke and the soldiers are running through the battlefields shouting the jokes and the germans are falling down from the trees and and like you know like dying of laughter in in the trenches and stuff and the germans attempt to make their version of the joke and 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 it doesn't work (laughs) and and all this sort of thing and they even they capture an english soldier and they demand to know what the joke is and you can't tell him they torture him by tickling his ear with a feather you know and and it becomes like laughter is like you know this torture yeah. thing and uh, and eventually they tell him the joke and you know so kind of this weird it goes off into this weird fantasy land um, and I've played that to them before and I've felt like, you know, after three minutes, it's just like they're all sitting there and it's but just exactly. awful. But the thing is, it's also context, you know, cultural, but yeah. as well as like, there's, you're not the same when you're in a classroom as when you're sitting in a comedy club. We don't know what they've just seen. I mean, they might have, you know, there's so much different context. Like there's loads of stuff I'll laugh at in a comedy club, but if I saw the clip, yeah. I might just think, mm, that's a bit boring. True, but I can, I can, they don't have to laugh out loud, but I do get the sense when someone has appreciated yeah. it and they want more and i do i know the difference between that and people who are just like just no i'm either i'm completely switched off or i'm thinking of jumping out the window just the atmosphere in the room you could just stir it with a spoon and it's just like oh god sorry everyone it's true we've all been there yeah we have all been there and i i'm I'm, you know really digging deep uh, as a teacher and like getting them to try and repeat the lines and i'm explaining the vocab but i feel obliged to you know do that on the podcast as well like i'm I told you I'm doing an episode or two about Alan Partridge, and I, well, the whole time I'm thinking, what on earth are they going to think of this? Is this? Are they going to hate it? Are they going to? Am I going to be able to unlock it for them and like unlock this this puzzle for them, and then they they would suddenly discover it? And is it possible, or is it just an impossible? Is it mission impossible to get learners of English to appreciate Alan Partridge? I would really like to know. This is something I find. Fascinating because Alan Partridge works on so many levels. I think it's the most in it's it's the character with the most depth that I can think of. Incredibly. So much depth it dips into Shakespearean levels of hubris and uh, like the fatal flaws of ambition and the darkness and all this I think sort it's of because thing. I, I've seen this this character has been attempted many times in fact I did a show just the other day and someone tried that kind of character you know that sort mm. of fatally flawed um, person etc cetera, etc cetera, who can't see it but Alan ba- I mean it's it, it's so perfected I mean he's been doing it such a long time now but even the sort of original Partridge mm. stuff mm. 
it's so good it's so funny and it's so spot on like from everything the way he looks the voice the accent the pacing like if you listen to the alan partridge books like rather than mm. read them but hear the audiobooks i mean they're 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 works of art. They they're really so are. Good. I mean, I've, I've, I can't think of a time that I've been so impressed by an audiobook. Yeah. I mean, really, just just the. It's like literally every single page has got a laugh on it. Yeah. And it's a good one too. But they're all they all of them work on many levels, and yeah. it's sustained and it's thought through and it's clever. And but it's got so many things that appeal to us as like English, whether it's his accent and the idea, and then because if you're a very direct, we were talking about this before. If you're kind of direct or indirect. You know, it's less embarrassing, you know, because you can't show off in England. Like, this is the ultimate sin. To show off. Yeah, exactly. And to be unaware of yourself. And to be unaware of yourself. And Alan Partridge both shows off, is unaware, and then is exceedingly aware and open. And, you know, and it's, I don't know. I don't know how he does it. It's it's really hard to explain. So hard. It's extremely hard to explain. But so if uh, you're only understanding it, like, linguistically, if you just understand what he's saying, you're not understanding it. Yeah. You have to understand it on every single level. So learners of English, if they find that interesting, I'd love to know. I'd love to know if people find it interesting. It's an experiment for me. And I've done those episodes before and they've gone down okay. You know, they haven't like destroyed the podcast or anything. You know, it's not like everyone just jumps ship when I do a British comedy episode. Quite the opposite. I think people do enjoy them. But I have to work particularly hard to try and present them in the right way and to explain it and to let the comedy breathe and, you know, not suffocate it by explaining it too much. And yet also explain it down to minute details because it's, you know, the devil is in the details. and, And often it's about specific details and context. That's what makes things funny. Well, exactly. And because he's such an amazing writer... It is about every word he chooses. Like he doesn't just happen upon a town or, you know, all of, because he's great at explaining things in detail. Like the the shoes he's wearing, like Nomad was the last one I read. Yeah. I've got a good example of that, which I was thinking of including in my episode about Alan Partridge. And it's from the audio book. And it's the the moment in his career. It's from I Partridge, the first audio book. It's the moment in his career when he's, He's got a job at the BBC and he's on the day-to-day, the news programme. He's the sports guy. Yeah. And he's suddenly in the, the meeting room with all the other people and he's out of his depth because there's everyone else is like university or Cambridge or Oxford uh, educated. Yeah. They're talking about politics. They're talking about the economy. Mm. And um, Alan is obviously out of his depth because he's, he, he can't compete on that level. And so he goes over to make tea and he gets completely... Um, he gets completely obsessed by the, uh, the, the, the hygiene around the sugar bowl. Hmm. And it, to the point where he's, he, it's like he's l- losing himself in this minute detail because he can't handle the, the situation he's in, the fact that everyone else is so much more educated than him. And he's got, he's, the, descri- the description of what happens when you take a, a, a spoon that's come out of the tea and that goes into the milk, the, dis- the way he describes the the way it turns into, um, like, c- it congeals into a mix of tea, sugar, crystals. And and then he, oh, I have to try and play it to you. If we, You need if, to get it. You yeah, need to find it. If you hold on a on. second. Okay, so I think I've found the clip. This is from the I Partridge audiobook. The, the book is called I Partridge, We Need to Talk About Alan. And it's basically Alan Partridge's 
um, life story as written by him. And it's full of factual inaccuracies and, and things like that. But this is him describing being in the, a room with people who are more intelligent than him. And listen to the way he goes over to the, uh, the tea-making area and he just starts to describe... He just picks up on the, the sugar and the way that they're putting the spoon back in the sugar. And he uses this as his way of trying to somehow get a grip on the situation. In attendance included Christopher Morris, anchor, Rosie May, environment, Kevin Smear, roving reporter, Peter O'Hanrahan, economics editor, and yours truly, sport plus the Paralympics. I picked a chair and sat down quietly and effectively. It was a good start, but I needed to do more. I took a deep breath and prepared to introduce myself. But as soon as I heard the level of their chit-chat, I froze. They were using words, ideas, and concepts that you simply never heard in Norfolk, not even in Norwich. I resolved to keep my mouth shut until I'd acclimatized slash acclimated. Phrases swirled around the room. Where does Labour stand on that? It's over for Milosevic. Alan, could you pass the biscuits? The Rodney King thing is going to be massive. GDP's down by 0.5% this quarter. Alan, the biscuits. The Home Office aren't going to comment, apparently. Fine, I'll get them myself, then. <laughs> How in the name of holy living heck was I going to bust my way into this conversation? I don't know, I answered inside my head. On the table next to me was a tea urn. Now, this was a plus point, because I love tea urns. Still do. There's something very reassuring about the concept of hot beverages dispensed from a lovely big drum. Of course, your problem with any kind of communal drink station is the sugar bowl. People put the spoon back in the bowl after stirring in their sugar. No problem with that, you might think. Well, think again. The residual moisture acts as a caking agent, forming the granules into unsightly asymmetric clumps. Worse still, those clumps are stained a grubby brown by the tannin-rich tea. Not nice. Not nice at all. And let's not forget the germ issue. Putting a damp spoon back in the bowl is the tea-drinking equivalent of sharing a needle. And I did not want to end up with their tea-drinking equivalent of AIDS. <laughs> Instantly it struck me that if their thing was intimidating intellect, my thing could be beverage-related hygiene. Of course, later I remembered that I already had a thing, namely sport plus Paralympics, but I wasn't thinking straight, which should go some way to explaining what happened next. Kevin Smear, roving reporter, approached... This seemed somehow appropriate, because while the others had stayed where they were, he had literally roved over. Hello, Alan. Hello. Guys, I'm just saying hello to Alan. The rest of them nodded in my direction, using their heads. What are you doing over there? said Rosie May, environment. Nothing much, I smiled. Just thinking that you lot have probably got tea aids. <laughs> Wham. I knew it was a winner as soon as it left my lips. If you'd stuck me in a room with a typewriter for ten years, I would never have come up with one that good. Okay. Oh, that's such a treat. Yeah, I'm just thinking that s some of you have probably got tea aids. <laughs> he's got no idea that he's an absolute nightmare. Um, Amber, thank you for talking to me on the podcast in the usual rambling way. Very rambling. Yeah. I mean, we rambled around. But you know, the, the, the original idea was going to be a lot more organized. Uh, but because Paul had to leave kind of early, um, you know, it, it meant that uh, it sort of shifted things around. And I know. And we've not been, we've not, ha we've not been hanging out. We've all been yeah. busy. Yeah. You've well, been busy 
dadding. Paul yeah. has been filming. I've been, I don't know what I've been doing. You've been on mum, holiday. Mumming and, and do, you know, doing stand-up and, and things like so that. So we had to catch up and then yeah. that, that kind of eclipsed all your organisation. I have to try and get the, get the three of us in a room together again soon. Let's so do I it again to, soon. I need to book it in advance because mm. Paul's a very busy, busy man, as if so we aren't, busy. but he's especially busy. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you, Amber, for talking to us. I'm sure the Lepsters appreciate it very much and uh, we look forward to reading their comments in the comments section very much so yes okay all right well let's say goodbye to the to the lepster then shall we thanks for listening everyone uh and until next time goodbye bye 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 So there you go, folks. Quite a lot packed into that episode. Lots of questions and points about comedy in different cultures and that video from Russia too. About that video, on balance I would say that I personally didn't find it that funny when I first saw it. I found it a little bit odd. It's kind of like a big family entertainment show with lots of attention being paid to what I expect are celebrities in Russia in the audience. The comedians are just sitting on the stage, which is kind of fine, I think, because you don't always need lots of stage movement and stuff as long as the material is good. Um, but I got the joke, which is... Uh, that this is how it feels when you listen to people speaking English. But I found it really quite weird, the interpretation of the British guy. I found that kind of a strange interpretation, but also fascinating. Because basically he does that sort of, yes, 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 kind of stuff. I mean, that obviously that's uh, not really a fair representation of the way the impression goes. It's got more range to it than that. But uh, he kind of, he basically is very stuttery and hesitant and quite incoherent. And it's, for me, interesting to sort of look at British people through the eyes of Russians in this case. Um, And I guess this means that British people must seem to be hesitant when they speak. And I expect this also comes from hearing British people with accents, like perhaps the Cockney or Northern accents, which must be difficult to understand. But the result uh, in the impression sounds nothing like any of those accents, really. It doesn't really sound for me, like uh, an English voice, so much as just garbled kind of um, stuttering. It's a sort of garbled, lost-in-translation version of a British person with certain traits highlighted and emphasised, perhaps, because they don't quite match the the Russian way or something like that. I found the, the impression of the English guy more weird than funny. I felt like, oh, is that what they think we sound like? You know, did we come across as being so hesitant? Um, The Indian guy is sort of a funny impression in that he's got the tone and the rhythm right, but it's a pretty broad impression and, in fact, more of a caricature than a full impression. Uh, Also, there's just the issue that copying an Indian accent, if you're not Indian, is somehow considered a bit inappropriate in the UK. I talked about that to Sugar Sammy, who is uh, Indian, like Canadian Indian, And we talked about that in uh, one of our episodes. Check in the archive, the two episodes with Sugar Sammy. We talked about that subject. Uh, He was a great guest. It was really good fun talking to him. Um, So in this video, the Russian Comedy Club video, I still don't know where that comedian is from. But he could be Indian, maybe. But basically, I get the joke. This is how it sounds for you when you hear uh, these people. I didn't find it funny at first. But actually, I I admit I'm finding it more and more funny as I watch it again and again. As I've gone through the kind of, you know, just the reaction of like, oh my God, is that what they think? 
And I've sort of gone through that now and I can just enjoy it as a sort of a funny little sketch. It's also funny to me that uh, I often talk about the challenge of showing UK comedy to learners of English and how they don't get it. And then someone else sends me a comedy video from another country and I have the same reaction, more or less. So it's kind of interesting the way these things work. I expect that uh, there are people in the audience listening now who know a lot more about this uh, than us. So leave comments telling me more about this Russian TV comedy club video. I'd like to know who are they? What's, you know, what do you think about it as well from your point of view? How uh, is that show received in Russia? And generally, what do you think of the video? Uh, also, generally, I'm heartened to read some of your comments relating to the recent episodes about comedy that I've done. Uh, I've got lots of episodes in the pipeline. And uh, over the last week or two, I've been working on all these episodes at the same time. So as I record this now i've only just uh, uploaded the second alan partridge episode so that's sort of where i am now as i record this this is going to get published later but as i record this i've just uploaded the uh, second alan partridge episode and there haven't been many comments on the alan partridge ones yet partly because i haven't added the those links to the episode archive so it might have been difficult to find the page but also i'm just it's a sort of slightly disturbing silence on the Alan Partridge front as I get no comments from anyone. I'm thinking, hello, have I confused everyone? Time shift. Hello. Uh, it's now one week later. It's one week after I recorded the outro to this episode. I'm just interrupting myself from the future somehow. I don't know how this works. It's too confusing. It's like Back to the Future Part 2. I don't really understand what's going on, but I'm enjoying it. Anyway, um, so it's now a week later and I have received more messages than I did last week when I recorded this part of the episode. Thank you for sending your comments. I will go through those messages in a moment. Um, but first, here are the messages that I had received at the time I originally recorded this outro last week, which was just after I'd released the Edinburgh Fringe jokes episode and the first two Alan episodes. So first of all, uh, messages I received at that time. And then after we've heard those messages, I'll interrupt myself again from the future and I'll read out some uh, of the messages uh, I've received um, uh, in the last week. And they're all relating to the comedy um, episodes. You know, I've been wondering, oh, what do people think? Well, I've, I've had some messages, so I will be reading them out uh, in a moment. All right? Does, do you understand? Okay, let's now shift, time shift back to the past uh, or the present, as you thought it was. And then we'll continue. Okay? Right, I'm confused now as well. Time, it's, I don't understand it. Have I confused everyone? I've no idea. I did get one comment from Salwa, and Salwa said, this was, this was on the first Alan Partridge episode, Salwa said, oh, that was really funny and enjoyable. Thank you very much for introducing Alan Partridge to us. I didn't find the comedy difficult to understand at all. In fact, some of the jokes made me laugh out loud. That's nice. And then before I did the Partridge episodes, um, I, uh, I did the episode about the best jokes from the Edinburgh Festival 
Fringe. And this one came in from Mary Angel Garcia, uh, who wrote, Hi, Luke, I hope you're doing all right. I'd like to tell you that you should continue making these podcasts about comedy. They're quite enjoyable and help us improve our English. As you just said, understanding jokes in our second language can be the hardest thing. By the way, please don't forget my proposal of making an episode about British pop music. I'm definitely looking forward to listening to it. Lots of hugs from Venezuela. Um, Okay, well, I'm glad you... uh, want me to keep doing the comedy uh, episodes that's great and yes an episode about british pop music uh, a while ago i did a, a few sort of powerpoint presentations uh, i was working for a school and they sent me to different businesses to do presentations in english just for fun and my topic was a history of british pop and i've got these slides and everything for it so i i should turn that into an episode which i think i mentioned before another comment on the edinburgh uh, jokes uh, episode from anastasia who wrote thank you luke i'm really keen on your excellent joke explanations. I think English humour is fabulous and would like to know more about that stuff. You make all things absolutely clear and I like your positive attitude to your work and to life. Cheers. Well, cheers to you, Anastasia. Thank you. This one from Tanya, who wrote, That's a pleasure, Luke. I've got nearly all of the jokes, but some after you read them several times. So it's fun, of course. I know what learners usually say about English humour. I myself thought about it that way from the start. But, you know, the humour is not just there lying on the surface. It turns out to be intellectual. It gives work to your brain. And finally, you get it. Cool. This is the first audio I've listened on your site. I downloaded the app and I'm enjoying it. English is becoming closer to me. This is the first episode of the podcast we ever listened to, Tanya. Wow. Fantastic. I hope you enjoy listening to all the others as well. Uh, Vladimir wrote this on the same episode. Hi, Luke. I really enjoyed this new episode on Edinburgh Festival Fringe. Thank you so much. The jokes all became clear when you explained some of them. My favourite one was the one about the watch and a log. Do you remember that? Hello, I'd like to buy a watch. And a log? No, just a watch, please. Um... I also recall some funny jokes in my country, but I don't know what the style of joke that is. I've just translated one from my language. Well, I would consider this one to be an, uh, a, a Sherlock Holmes joke. There's a few sh- uh, Sherlock Holmes jokes out there. So this is one translated by Vladimir, and it actually works. It's nice. So here, here we go. Dr. Watson asks Sherlock, Can you hear this sinister howl, Mr. Holmes? A howl is like the noise a wolf would make, or a, maybe a wild dog. Ow! And that would be a a sinister howl, a howl that sounds kind of scary. Dr. Watson asks Sherlock, can you hear this sinister howl, Mr. Holmes? Oh, and and Holmes says, yes, that's probably the hound of the Baskervilles. And then on another day, but what is this sinister silence around us? It's the fish of the Baskervilles, Doctor. Yeah, I like it. I think it translates. What are the other uh, Sherlock Holmes ones? There's the classic Dr. Watson and Sherlock Holmes are camping uh, one night and in the middle of the night, Dr. Watson is woken up by Sherlock Holmes who says, Watson, look up and tell me what you see. And Watson looks up and he says, I can see the stars and the constellations in the night sky. And this suggests to me that uh, the summer solstice is nearly upon us as we see the arrangement of stars in the sky. And Sherlock Holmes says, no, you fool, someone's stolen our tent. Because obviously, how could Watson see all those things if, uh, you know, if they still had their tent, someone had stolen their tent. Okay, then. Uh, And there's that Sherlock Holmes joke that I made up once. I actually made up my own Sherlock Holmes joke. 
and because uh, I was with my friends, my brother and a couple of friends of ours, uh, one weekend we went uh, mountain climbing and camping together, and we spent an evening in the pub, and we spent the entire time playing pool and just coming up with completely ridiculous Sherlock Holmes jokes, and all around the the catchphrase "Elementary, my dear Watson," which is what uh, Sherlock Holmes famously says, "Elementary, my dear Watson." So we were coming up with stuff like. Sherlock Holmes and Watson are on a, geog- a geology field trip and uh, Watson goes down to look at some st- uh, rocks by the river and he says, Holmes, what are these, uh, these rocks here? What kind of rocks are these by the river? And Holmes says, sedimentary, my dear Watson. You know, the kind of thing. You can make loads of stupid uh, jokes up with that catchphrase. Anyway, the fish of the Baskervilles, I like it. Uh, Anya Chu wrote this on the joke episode. A little ninja from Taiwan here. I've been listening to your podcast for over a year and I've been enjoying it so much. I really appreciate your work on all the great content. I've just finished the new episode of Jokes from the Edinburgh Fringe and I loved it. I was on a bus when I listened to the episode and I kept getting giggles, which I tried very hard to disguise as coughs. British humour is just always on point. Anyway, thank you again for all the effort on such excellent episodes. Please keep up the great work. Thank you for your comment. That's very sweet. Svetlana, uh, with a surname I can't pronounce, Mukhamedjanova, Svetlana anyway, wrote this as a comment for one of the premium episodes. Uh, The most recent, well, uh, at the time of recording this, the most recent one, premium episode six, part three, uh, in which I had some fun during during the pronunciation drills by doing some sort of funny voices like posh accents and things like that. Um, And she wrote, hi, Luke, um, regarding... Uh, premium episode six part three please don't stop making fun i love your sense of humor well that's very nice that's very nice of you so there you go uh, it's lovely to read your comments still not many comments about the alan partridge episodes as we uh, as i speak here um and i really wonder what you think about those ones um as i said i've just recorded an ep- an uploaded part two i haven't done part three yet i'm sort of i was hoping to wait and see what what people thought before i launched into it but i'm gonna have to record that episode soon uh, as well uh without perhaps knowing what you're all thinking so you know uh, put me out of my misery tell me what you think of alan partridge i'd love to know time shift it's now the future again i'm recording this a week after recording the rest of this outro so we're back to the future and uh, uh there are now uh, on my website more comments on the alan partridge episodes which i'd like to share with you so here are some ones that came in in the last seven days or so so from alan partridge episode one uh hero said hello luke i really enjoy the knowing me knowing you aha show with the child genius it was so funny i listened to it three times without your precise explanations though i wouldn't have been able to get all the jokes thank you well you're welcome hero i'm very glad to read that generally these are i haven't received anything other than positive responses to those alan episodes which is very encouraging for me let me continue sharing some of those comments victoria uh, lucina said i adore listening to your episodes about british comedy and the way that you explain to us some bits of language is perfect i've listened to the alan partridge interviews child prodigy simon fisher video at least five times and i liked it more than the first clip that you used it's really interesting that in this case we laugh with alan and at him i'm looking forward to the ne- i'm looking forward to the next episodes like this one uh, the world needs more 
the world needs to explore British comedy in depth with you. Okay, good. Um, from the Alan Partridge uh, episode part two, uh, Hero again wrote this. Hello, Luke. Hello, Hero. This second episode is a little more challenging for me than the previous one because the jokes are more subtle. However, the more I listen to your explanations, the clearer... Uh, the humorous points became to me. Yes, Alan Partridge is an absolute walking disaster. He makes me cringe so much uh, I can't listen to each one of his episodes in one go. Again, without your excellent guide, I wouldn't be able to understand all the nuances and layers of this comedy. Thank you very much, Luke. Uh, Marat uh, wrote uh, on Partridge Part 2 Hello Luke, my name is Marat, I'm from Russia I really enjoy listening to your podcast in general and these Alan Partridge episodes in particular In the first part you've mentioned the Office series as being full of cringy situations I haven't seen the British one but I have seen the American one with Steve Carell and that was really all about cringy moments Have you seen the American one? Which one is more cringy in your opinion? And Marat says, cringy is a new word to me, so I use it everywhere now. Um, Marat, uh, I have seen the American Office. I haven't seen it as much as the British Office, because I've watched those episodes lots of times, because I enjoy them a lot. And, I mean, they're both cringy. They're both full of cringy and awkward moments. Uh, but for me, the British version is the, is the king of cringe, just because, I don't know, I just feel like those situations are much more familiar to me so it feels so much closer to home i can imagine that i could even be one of those characters like i could be the martin freeman character if i'd just taken a different direction in my life i could have ended up working in an in an office like that so yeah it's more personally more cringy uh, the british version um from the alan partridge uh part three episode uh zdenek lucas from zdenek's english podcast wrote this he said hi luke i just want to let you know that i've been thoroughly enjoying the episodes about alan partridge i'm currently in the middle of the third one i love this character and actually played the clip from the first episode the one with the child prodigy to teach types of questions and the pronoun whom so Zdenek is an English teacher um, and he said I'm a big fan of these episodes and I think you clearly managed to do justice to this character thank you for your podcast thank you Zdenek Pepe124 said after you spent several hours on three episodes I think we all should spend a couple of minutes writing uh, a comment uh, we owe that to you Pepe actually wrote we own that to you but it's not own uh, but o o w e. Uh, we owe that to you. Uh, you are the teacher every school of English should have. Wow, that's nice. The method you used on this series was just brilliant. Giving the introduction and background with the cultural references as well, letting us listen and guess and then going back over the clips was a really helpful uh, was really helpful to test and uh, it improves my listening skills. Uh, okay. I also like the content itself, that is the comedy, although I must say I like the first two episodes more, but that's just because there were more kind of jokes in those episodes. Thank you very much, Luke, for all of this. Keep up the great job. Okay, thank you. I will. By the way, I've noticed a couple of mistakes in some comments. One of them was it was keep up with. And what what people want to say is keep doing the job, right? Keep it up. Okay, uh, but not keep up with because keep up with is like when you're trying to um, match the same speed as somebody else. 
So I'm trying to keep up with my competitors, you could say, or in a race, you try and keep up with the people who are in front of you by running at the same speed as them. So not keep up with your great job. It should just be maybe keep up the good work, keep up the great job, uh, keep doing these episodes, keep doing something, keep something up, keep up something, but not keep up with something because that means something else. Okay, so keep up the great job or keep doing the great job. Uh, Tatiana said this. She didn't say this. She wrote it. I don't know. Maybe she said it while she was typing it. I don't know how I don't know how Tatiana types. Anyway, she wrote this. Hi, Luke. It's the first time I've come out of the woodwork just to say a few words about the Alan Partridge episodes. I've enjoyed all of them. Uh, They give a little uh, insight into real English Uh, The genuine one, that is what British people really laugh at. And that's amazing. Thank you for that. They're right, the people who say, uh, if you understand comedy, you understand the language. Your explanations before listening are so detailed that I find almost no difficulties to understand most of Alan's words. And it's valuable. Uh, I tried to find those clips on YouTube. They're all, uh, by the way, Tatiana, you didn't need to try and find them because they're all embedded on the page. So all of those Alan Partridge episodes, they've got videos embedded on the page for most of them anyway Tatiana said I tried to find those clips on YouTube and they are even better with video I'd say because that's because you can watch the facial expressions and body gestures but then I watched some more and those that are not scrutinized on the podcast and it was a nightmare I could uh, I could understand hardly any of it and most jokes just flew over my head I felt so disappointed I see now that proficiency level is as far from me as the moon Well, Tatiana, I mean, you know, as we know, comedy is often the hardest thing to understand, especially something like Alan Partridge. It's very, as we know, I've said it many times, it's layered, it's difficult to understand. So um, don't feel too bad if you don't understand uh, Alan's stuff without my help. Um, It's some of the more challenging stuff you can listen to. So she said, uh, uh, thank you for doing your job for us. Your podcast is, at this point, one of the major ways of improving my English. I listen and re-listen, take notes, revise from them from time to time, and so on. Please keep going with your comedy episodes. They're great. Thank you, Tatiana. Uh, Damien wrote this simply, the episodes about Alan Partridge... Generally, all episodes about British comedians are brilliant. Many thanks. Well, you're welcome, Damien. Nikolai Polanski wrote this. All three episodes are very nice, even though it's sometimes hard to get. Even though, not even so. Even though uh, it's sometimes hard to get why it's funny. I mean, to be, a, to be desperate, stupid, mean and lonely. Why is that funny? It's a good point, Nikolai. I mean, Alan's character, really, when you get beneath the surface, he is desperate and stupid and mean and lonely. Why is that funny? Well, I mean, I can't really explain it, but the best, all I can do is say that the reason why it's good comedy is because it has depth. The depth, the complexity, the pathos of the fact that we are, uh, you know, uh, following a rather sad person, that's got pathos to it. Um, it invokes complicated feelings, you see. Uh, and our humour in the UK or British comedy, we like our comedy to be, like, mixed in with the real stuff of life. And that means the, the sadness. I mean, I'm sure that it's the same everywhere. That really, when you think about it, the best kinds of comedy explore 
not just the light stuff, not just the colourful, fluffy, harmless things, but proper comedy goes into the real stuff of existence and some of the harder ideas to to deal with. I mean, maybe that's the appeal of something like Alan Partridge, that it's looking at quite a dark subject when you really get into it. It's quite a dark subject, but we're able to explore these dark ideas uh, through the medium of of comedy and it makes us laugh while also making us feel a complex range of feelings it's very hard to explain really but that's kind of what comedy does a laugh it's not just something simple uh laughing could be quite a complicated sort of process of catharsis and recognizing something in that's quite hard to accept in yourself i don't know it's really complicated from a psychological point of view. But anyway, Nikolai, um, it, yeah, it may be difficult to understand why such a sad, desperate person is a good subject for comedy. But I mean, I, I, I don't know. I can't really explain it. But Nikolai went on to say, all right, I mean, you said before, try to watch this as a drama and then you'll appreciate the comedy. And he said, well, it seems like a drama to me, smiley face. Well, yeah, I mean, it, you know. I guess that's the point. I said that in uh, the episode I did about using UK comedy shows to learn English, that you've got to try and sometimes, instead of expecting it to be a laugh a minute stuff and colourful and laughs and all happy, fun, 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 fun stuff and laughing all the time, instead approach these shows like they are tragedies or dramas, something like that. And then that's the best way to get through to the heart of the character and then once you've done that once you got into the real heart of the matter then you might find that you're finding it funny as a result but don't expect to be to be entertained from the beginning instead it's more of a character study which you can then find funny afterwards that's just a a, a bit of advice for approaching comedy shows in a second language don't expect to laugh a lot instead expect it to be some sort of character study the laughter might come afterwards when you understand it um Nikolai said it's funny but also sad but the episodes are top-notch thanks for uh the great work that you've done you're welcome um Ilya so just a couple more comments Ilya said I love it I want more episodes about British comedy it's one of my favorite topics nice one Francesca Benzi said uh just a few comments but all of them are a big thumbs up meaning she said uh, I there are just a few comments on the website but all of them are very positive uh which is true that's nice. And Francesca said, I've never heard of Alan Partridge before. I had never heard of Alan Partridge. A little correction there. I'd, not I, I've, uh, in this case, I'd never heard of Alan Partridge before listening to your podcast. So thank you. I had a very good time with each of the three episodes. Uh, Brit's behavior can often be weird from an Italian point of view. And listening to your podcast builds up my knowledge of how different we are. Mm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, Yaron said, Coming out of the shadows for a moment to say that I like the Alan Partridge episodes. In a way, it reminds me of the brilliant episode about Ali G that you did a few years ago, which I recommend to anyone who hasn't listened to it yet. Thank you, Luke. Um, so Yaron mentioned the Ali G episode. That was actually the very, I think, the very first episode I did about British comedy. And it was probably about four years ago that I did that, maybe even more. It's one of the early episodes, maybe even 100 and something. But I've done... Lots of episodes about British comedy, by the way. So if you enjoyed these Alan Partridge ones, you should check the archive. 
but um, I'm going to list some of those episodes in a moment. But I find your comments very reassuring. That's why I kind of read them out. I just wanted to establish that, uh, it, you know, despite my, my doubts and my, um, my concerns, um, your comments seem to suggest that people actually have enjoyed these episodes they've been a bit of a challenge maybe but ultimately it's been good right so i find your comments very reassuring i'm very glad to read them i will do more episodes about comedy in the future in the meantime check the episode archive for other british comedy episodes and uh here here's a list of the episodes so i did british comedy ali g that was episode 156 british comedy peter cook and dudley moore Uh, episode 172 british comedy monty python's flying circus that was episode 195 i also did one about the the monty python film uh, one of their films which was called monty python and the holy grail that was episode 202 Uh, two episodes about british stand-up comedian tim vine who does lots of quick jokes in his comedy sets uh that was episodes 313 and 316 uh two episodes about um limmy's show that's a comedy show produced uh by bbc scotland um and that that was episodes 427 and 428 then there was one about the stand-up comedian the brilliant musical stand-up comedian bill bailey that's episode 462 Then there was one about John Bishop, who is a sort of um, popular uh, comedian from the Merseyside area who speaks with a Liverpool accent. That was episode 469. And I did one episode called Learning English with UK TV Shows, in which I give lots of advice and suggestions and tips for how to approach UK comedy TV shows uh, as a way to improve your English. Um, And that was episode number what? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, it's in the archive. Uh, It was quite recent. It was from January this year, and it was called Learning English with UK TV Comedy Shows. Uh, I also have episodes about telling jokes and explaining humour in social situations. Just get into the archive and find out for yourself. Remember to use the search function on your browser. If you're using a Mac, just do Command F and then search for and then type a word. Uh, on a on a PC, I think it's Control F, and then type your word, and uh, that search function will reveal all instances of that word um, on the page that you're checking. In this case, it would be the episode archive. So, Command F or Control F, search for the word maybe comedy or British or British comedy, and that will reveal all of those uh, entries. And you can, it's a quick way of um, navigating through the episode archive. Um, so check those out in the archive but in the meantime you should also sign up for LEP Premium Um, I've got new episodes in the pipeline I'm working I'll be working on one of those episodes this afternoon working diligently doing all of my uh, language analysis get the episodes get the premium episodes on the LEP app Uh, sign up at teacherluke.co.uk slash premium for some hot English action helping you deal with vocabulary grammar and pronunciation and you can just have a bit of fun in the process too hopefully thank you so much for listening to this episode and thanks for all your comments it's very reassuring and nice to read them i'll speak to you again on the podcast soon but for now goodbye bye 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 thanks for listening to luke's english podcast for more information visit teacherluke.co.uk
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humor and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.